0: The ruling party in Angola is set to remain in power following widely contested elections. The People's Movement for the Liberation of Angola has governed for nearly five decades. but The opposition disputes the results. Could that lead to renewed turmoil in this African country? I'm Kim Vanell and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyse and help define major global stories. Let's bring in our guests. Jose Gama joins us from Pretoria. He is a member of the Mude Civil Civic rather movement, an organisation that works for fair and transparent elections in Angola. Borges Namire joins us by Skype from Maputo. He is a research consultant at the Institute for Security Studies, Africa, and Marisa. Lorenzo is an independent political analyst focusing on Angola, Mozambique and South Africa. By the way, she is not related to Angola's president, Lorenzo. She joins us by Skype from Johannesburg. A very warm welcome to each of you. I'd like to start with you, uh, Marisa Lorenzo. So as we've been saying, uh, polling so far has showed that the MPLA is out ahead. We are waiting for the total vote count, of the announcements. Do you think, though, that this is a done deal? The MPLA
1: will retain power? It seems to be, um, although, of course, UNITA has already indicated that it will challenge the electoral result once it is finalized, um, especially because it does look like the MPLA will come out with a 50 plus one majority, which would allow it to retain its parliamentary majority and then very easily install incumbent President Lorenzo for a second term. Um, Since the a third of the results were announced last night. Uh, the gap has closed between the MPLA and UNITA. So the MPLA has got about 52% at the moment and UNITA is trailing with about 44%. It's close, but with the vote almost at the end of counting, it would mean that UNITA is unlikely to catch up to the, to the MPLA to come out with the most votes on top at this point.
0: Okay, Jose Garma and Pretoria, uh, as we heard there from Marisa, the opposition is disputing the results. How is that likely to play out? What's going to happen next?
2: Uh, good afternoon thank you for having me so what i what i look uh, so the, in this election there was 14 million. People resisted as a voter, but unfortunately, we don't know how many people really vote. Because on the on the list of the electoral votes, there are like two point five million people who already died, but unfortunately, the electoral commission uh, wouldn't accept to remove those uh, those dead people. So UNITA is doing like a parallel uh, count, and according to what they announced, they say they are. They are winning the, this election, but on otherwise yesterday the 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 commissioner election announced that uh, the MPLA was ahead with the 60%. But today they say that MPLA is now uh, having like 52%. So what what do you what you look at this is like. During many years, Angolian was was running by Eduardo dos Santos for many years. And after some time, people realized that the, the problem of Angolian was, from, was from, those, from, from a single person that was Eduardo dos Santos. So in 2017, Eduardo dos Santos stepped down and uh, Lorenzo came, so Lorenzo. People were believing that uh, the solution was there. So after some time, Lorenzo was copying Dos Santos, was doing almost the same as Dos Santos. the the life the the life of the people uh, didn't change that much. So now people believe that the problem is not the single person, it's not the the leader of the ruling parts, but the problems is the system itself. The problems is the MPLA itself. So that's why now people went to vote, went to cast, and decided to mm-hmm. remove, to vote against MPLA. They're okay. trying. So this kind of, this, this election was to penalise the ruling party.
0: Mm-hmm. Borges Namire, um, as we heard there, UNITA is doing a parallel count, but that's obviously apart from the National Electoral Commission. So if these two uh sides if you want to call them that are coming up with different results what is going to happen could that lead to post-election violence
3: Uh, thank you i think yes uh, post-electoral violence is something that was already expected in angola Uh, uh, first of all because people uh, opposition and uh, a citizen they don't trust an electoral body so whatever results um the national electoral commission would bring in terms of figures people will not trust in that but also we can see that in luanda which is the capital of uh, angola uh, uh, UNITA is winning and you Luanda is where we have the elite we have the social network we have the youth we have uh, uh, you know people speaking loud so it means we can foresee some kind of unrest following the final results.
0: Marisa Lorenzo, what's the playing field being like in the lead up to these elections?
1: So there has been greater concern over uh, transparency of vote counting, more so than in other election years. And that's because in November last year, Parliament, obviously led by the MPLA, passed a law that would centralize vote counting in Luanda. And this meant that instead of votes being counted provincially, they'd be counted centrally. And what it's done effectively, it's removed this layer of transparency from the vote count. And this has raised a lot of concern that because the... National Electoral Commission, and because the courts are partial to the MPLA, that there could be more widespread manipulation. I think what we've also seen in the lead up to this election over the past 12 months is we have seen the ruling party quite nervous of UNITA's growing popularity. UNITA has really modernized. Um, It's moved away from its reputation as a a party of war veterans. It resonates with the urban youth. And we saw the MPLA, for example, try to annul, well, I mean, direct the courts to annul the leadership of uh, UNITA. It ultimately wasn't successful. You know, we've, we've sort of seen it take various moves over the past 12 months, indicating that it is nervous and that it does realise it has declined in popularity over the past five years.
0: Okay. Jose Gama, even if the MPLA wins, it has won a much smaller percentage of the vote than previously. How has this election been different in your opinion?
2: Uh, compared to uh, comparing to the previous election, so in this election, the people, uh, the people, the voters was the one who tried to control for themselves the election. So in uh, this election, most of the people went to the to the police. Uh, I mean, to the to the I mean to the police. I mean to the pool. They they went to. The, they are the one where realized they went to were announced that there was uh, like uh, dead people on this on the list uh, of the voter uh, the people are the one who are it and the people is like now the people are the one who are supporting UNITA. i mean the i said uh, the the civil society so what do we expect in these elections especially on these results uh the they are not they are announcing the results but it should be the results by municipality by municipality by municipality uh, the and what they are doing, they are just announced the, the the votes from provincial, and this kind of this this votes that they announce, there's no technical value, cause yeah, actually there's no technical value. You can you can calculate with you, actually with you don't know uh, where does it comes from. I think the uh, what they what as you can even even though you can go to uh, what is that the. Uh, CNC C CNA web web page, you cannot control the. You cannot realize if these votes are, are really uh, feeble, so if there's a credibility on this. I think, comparing to the previous to the previous uh, election, now we uh, as according to the result to the, to the new outcome. We're gonna have like a uh, equilibrium in parliament, and that one will be good for democracy. So this is the one that uh, Angolan read really needs uh, a balance a balance in terms of, of, uh, of parliament.
0: Okay. Borges Namire, how has Lorenzo's presidency been?
3: Well, the first five years of uh, President Lorenzo's uh, government was, uh, I would say, frustrating to the majority of uh, Angolan. I've uh, been to uh, Luanda for almost months, uh, conducting a, a field of research there. So pe- people are upset uh, because of, uh, you know, um, internal reasons, but also in, in problems like a, a COVID pandemic. So the employment in Angola is so high, the poverty in Angola has increased, uh, The um, um, prices of, of basic goods have been uh, soaring a lot. And in South of Angola, we have uh, a drought, uh, which is killing people and uh, livestock. So uh, in summary, uh, their life did not improve in Angola. Instead, uh, one who, uh, uh returned to see how much, how difficult was the life in 2017 when president John Lorenzo started his term. And now people will find that, okay, it was better in 2017. So, uh, people President John Lorenzo, so he did lead in a very difficult times globally, but also in Angola, the price of oil has been, you know, Reducing in Angola, and oil is the main export for uh, oil is the main export for Angola. So unfortunately, uh, did not improve a lot. That's why President jean Lawrence wants his second term to make it different. But this is not only in economic sector, but also in the political sector. Democracy, the democracy in Angola. No, did not improve at all. Actually, Angola is rated as a non-free country in different international index. So the crackdown of civil rights, civil society, space is closing, International, uh, independent media in Angola is not operating. So I think the performance of President John Lorenzo was very, very, very low compared to what was expectation of Angolans.
0: <laughs> okay. Marisa Lorenzo, would you agree with that assessment of uh, President Lorenzo's time? and? I mean, has he been presiding over a non-free country?
1: I agree that he's been presiding over a non-free country. I mean, Angola is is only a nominal democracy, Uh, but I do disagree um, that he hasn't uh, marked a departure from his predecessor. I think that we are looking at an Angola that in some ways is very, very different uh, to what it was before he came into office. I think his political and economic reform agenda has definitely been a mixed bag of success. I think it's been full of contradictions. But I don't think that we should say that um, he hasn't changed much or that he hasn't at least recorded some achievements. Um, And I think, really, the main achievement of the Lorenzo administration has been tackling the debt load. Um, There's a massive debt load in Angola. It reached over 120 percent of total GDP in 2020. And, of course, it's had to manage this throughout global shocks, like the COVID-19 pandemic and, of course, the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Um, And this, of course, has not been easy at all. But what the Lorenzo administration did, since coming into office in 2017, it really committed to fiscal prudence. It reigned in wasteful expenditure. It predicated its budget on a worst case scenario for the oil price. And it really showed commitment to not spend, you know, to reining in superfluous spending, which was quite a big task because it, de- it didn't have much room to do that. Um, and I think that that commitment has been really good. Of course, though, as uh, Budges has already uh, pointed out, the actual uh, standard of living hasn't improved for Angola. So while we sort of had this broad achievement on the top for the economy, it hasn't really trickled down. And, you know, Angola is clearly one of the most unequal societies in the world. And I think that that's very clear to see. And that's something that um, hasn't improved. And then if we look at his political reforms, he did tackle some cases of corruption, but of course there are still some murky figures in government um, that, you know, have not really had to answer for the for corruption under the Dos Santos administration. And then I think one of the biggest disappointments for Lorenzo was the failure to uphold his promise to hold local elections in 2020. Um, And this really came about because the MPLA understands that UNITA is much more popular in urban areas. um, But it also indicated that despite his promise to not be as repressive and to open the political space, he wasn't really going to follow through on that Mm -hmm. promise. So again, really a mixed bag of success for Lorenzo.
0: Okay, Jose Gama. over in Pretoria, people under 30 make up more than two thirds of Angola's population. Many of them obviously have no memory of the civil war. How does that shape what they want to see, what's important to them and who they vote for?
2: So one of the things that we have to understand is that in in this election, so uh, there were new voters from age 20, I mean 18 to 24, Uh, 60% of these voters are youth and in angola we do have in terms of unemployment rates it's 60 50 58 percent so that means 58 percent of those voters are unemployed, unemployment and those are the ones who are contesting regularly the power of president uh, john lorenzo and probably at those those are the ones who vote against the the employee. but uh, on the otherwise uh, the ruling parts uh, Refuse to accept that this that these young people. I mean, when those young people come, uh, go to st- they go to the street and, and protest, the ruling part say to them that they are being instrumentalized by UNITA, and they becoming very 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 angry with this, uh, the, the way that the, the ruling part uh, deal with them. So it's like uh, they are new structure, new new voters, that uh, they're people that they never they never. Uh, uh they they never they, they are they're new i mean and they they, they are not relating to those uh, who came from the guerrilla who are familiarized with the with the war and those ones they're people uh, i mean they are, they are coming from university, and these are the potential ones who are protesting and contesting President uh, John Lorenzo. And we think that's in 2027, 20, 20, uh, it's it's looked like we we are facing the the declines of Empelier and the the challenges that uh, John Lorenzo will have. Uh, we'll have and face they're gonna face on the following five years. It'll be it's gonna be to accommodate those people and President John Lorenzo of the flags. They use the flags for corruption, and during those five years, the these last the, the terms of those five years, he, he fails he fails at some points with corruption because the central point from corruption in Angola was the Sonangol, the the oil state company, and during those five years, he never touched Sonangol. He never investigated. Okay. There's no of, there's no officials from Sonangol that are facing trial or penalized by corruption.
0: Okay, uh, Borges Namire, Mire, uh, UNITA has been accused of not making its strategies clear, other than being anti MPLA. What's your take on that?
3: I think that that is a very wrong accusation. We see that the UNITA candidate. Uh, uh, Adelbert Corses Jr. He's bringing very fresh ideas. Uh, I can just mention some of them. For example, he has said something which is very relevant for the context of Angola and the other African council where we have the ruling uh, part as the liberation movement. He said by the time he is elected the president of Angola, he will renounce as the leader of UNITA so that he can serve 100% to the uh, to the government to the state that's very important because if we look to angola for example now we won't understand uh the difference between MPLA and the, the state angolan state actually the one who is leading MPLA is the same time leading the state and making all that confusion that create a kind of a, a citizen of prime prime class and second class citizen bang those from the prime class the one who are members of MPLA. So that's just one example of a clear proposal from a uh, UNITA candidate, but that's just an acquisition. UNITA brought in new ideas, fresh ideas. That's why they have improved a lot in terms of uh, followers. That's why we saw uh, you know, very massive support to, to UNITA. Actually, I think uh, Angola never um, had uh, so charismatic leader like Adalberto Costa Jr.
0: Marisa Lorenzo. Uh, All of you have expressed uh, concerns about the transparency of the elections, the freeness, the fairness of these elections. If that is the case, if these elections were not free and fair, has there been any improvement that you see in terms of the health of the country's democracy, the health of the country's political life?
1: Not particularly. So I think at the beginning of Lorenzo's term in 2017, you know, um, and also in part of 2018. He invited civil society activists, some of whom had actually been imprisoned under the administration led by Dos Santos. And, you know, he extended a hand to them. He promised to make the media landscape much more fair. Uh, But from around 2019, he went back on those promises. So there was quite a lot of hope that it would become a much easier, much more critical kind of political environment. But from 2019, we saw the MPLA kind of up to the same old tactics, you know, and then, of course, because the police are partial to the MPLA, anytime you see any kind of demonstration or any protest that is anti-government and because of the MPLA's dominance, by extension, anti-MPLA, you see a very harsh crackdown on this. There's very little uh, breathing space, and then I think if we look at uh, this election period, specifically we've seen state-owned media really give biased reporting towards the MPLA. So you've got the main TV news channel, TPA. It basically just ran stories about the ruling party, about Lorenzo. Uh, If we look at some of the state-owned newspapers as well, they made sure that all of the main stories were about the president for consecutive days. So we haven't really seen much of an improvement, although there was optimism at the beginning that this would be a little bit different and a little bit better.
0: Jose Gama, how difficult is life right now for ordinary Angolans in terms of the cost of living, the ability to access basic necessities?
2: Well, the, I think what happened what happen in, in Angola now, like we have like a 20, 20, we are 28 million of 28 million of people, 28 or 30, yes, 28 million of people. And the poverty, the, the level of poverty, poverty are very, very, very high. And it's one of the failure of president. John lorenzo so actually what happened when president lorenzo came to the power there was like a, a very big expectation so president was trying to move to a to a very very good standards but after some after some time two years president realized that i think he made a choice between saving uh, the angola and saving uh, the ruling parts MPLEA. So he, he decided to save MPLA. Let's say for the first time, there was, he, 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 he tried he to, he, prom- he was trying to promote some, like, um, uh, more space of debates, but after, after two years, he monopolized the the media, so all the media's now were controlled by the ruling parts. As I say, the president's choose between uh, saving the country and saving the MPLA. So he decided to be on the right side of MPLA. That's why I think is uh, is is in a kind of isolated elected man, and in and you you could see also in this election. So the last uh, the last when he was doing his so he was uh, concentrating attacking uh, Roberto. I don't know. And he's also blaming the, the COVID pandemic, saying that the COVID pandemic is the one that's uh, impeding to not uh, deliver everything that he, he did the promise during the uh, during the, mm-hmm. his last term.
0: I'm, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you there. We've come to the almost to the end of the show. We've got about a minute left, Marisa Lorenzo. I'd like to end with you. Assuming the MPLA does get into power in one minute, can you give us how it plans to improve people's lives, to diversify the economy? economy to to make, I guess, the cost of living
1: more palatable for people? To be honest, I don't know if it does have a specific plan to do that. But I think what we can expect um, over the next five years is the government to continue with its economic reform agenda. I don't expect that it will reverse any of the gains that it has made, that it will start to spend wildly again. I think it will remain quite um, conservative. I think one of the biggest challenges that it is going to face is that it needs to hold local elections. Um, it needs it needs to show that it's moving into a more democratic space. Um, I'm not sure how that will play out because it would more likely favor UNITA than the MPLA. And that's a balancing act that Lorenzo needs to take charge of he also needs to there are some internal divisions within within the MPLA. some people that have not liked lorenzo's changes mm-hmm. he's also got to manage those so i think he's really got his hands full and it's going to be an interesting five years to see how people respond
0: all right thank you very much for that uh, thank you to all of our guests jose gama borges namire and marisa lorenzo that's it for the inside story podcast this episode was produced by mohammed al-aishi abdul rahman warsame michael harwood and paul taylor studio sound was by Haseeb Hashimi. The program was edited by Muhammad Abul Nadja, Lynn Nguyen and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again on Friday.